Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review, and better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Also, take the HR Like a Boss survey at willery.com forward slash HRLAB. I've embarked on a journey to get to know amazingly awesome HR and business professionals. These conversations create the foundation for my book on what it takes to do HR Like a Boss. And on today's show, I'm joined by a longtime client and friend, Joe Safranik. When I first started kind of getting into HR and working with professionals like you back way in the day, like you, you stood out to me, right, for, for a good reason. I know some people stand out for a bad reason, but you were different, right? You were yeah. different. Uh, my my first my first experience with what I what I then now coined this HR like a boss kind of a, a business person first that just so happens to practice HR. So, I guess first, if you if you could share like what's what do you, what do you describe the purpose of, of HR from your perspective? Overall, we're responsible for you know we're talking about you know uh, capitalist businesses, right? I'm not talking for you know not for profit, although I think you know still the concepts still apply, right? right? Um, and uh, so, you know, we're there to make profit. I mean, that's, you know, nothing, nothing wrong with that. Um, I, I think that um, pure HR, okay, HR's role within the organization, if, you, if that's the way you view it, you know, my vision was always that, you know, in support of the business, which is key, in support of the, in, in a lot of different ways, supporting the business in the right place at the right time and to unleash their full potential to the mutual benefit of all the stakeholders of the business. And, and by stakeholders, you know, I would throw in there shareholders, your customers, your employees, you know, business partners, the communities in which we operate, the regulatory agencies, which, uh, and we have to do that in a, you know, an ethically so and socially acceptable fashion. And uh, obviously you gotta be compliant and you, know, you have to be, you know, legally compliant and take that stuff into account. So that's kind of my overall view of where HR fits in from a pure, you know, kind of functional, what's, you know, why do we have HR in the first place? Yeah, no, that's good. So over the years, what, what have you enjoyed the most about delivering and doing all that and, and working in HR and de delivering those results and maximizing the potential of people and right people, right place, right time? What have you enjoyed the most? Yeah, so, you know, John, it's changed over the years. I started, uh, my, my whole professional career has been in HR. Uh, and I started in 1978. So, you know, it's, uh, you know, 42 years coming up here now. So it's, uh, um, but uh, I would say that, uh, uh, and, and the reason I say, the reason I'm telling you that, uh, I, I referenced the, uh, the longevity, if you will. Mm is um, because uh, it's changed over the years, you know, uh, my perspective. Sure. And, and uh, I will tell you that uh, I really didn't, it took me a few years to realize, you know, the, the broader perspective, the business perspective. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of, for, you know, began learning stuff, learning about, you know, basic, uh, basic EHNS. So I was working, you know, employee relations, people, and the, the wide range of emotions, you know, the whole uh, concept of the, the human factor, which is infinitely variable, you know, uh, the human element, you know, and, um, you know, those types of things. But, you know, there was a greater 
uh, a greater objective, which was, you know, uh, supporting the business. And it took a little bit for that to sink in, you know, kind of uh, you're down and there, you're focused on the, kind of the day-to-day -day stuff. But, but at the end of the day, um, that, you know, uh, once I finally got it, and that's actually when I, uh, you know, when I moved from, uh, from my first job, my first uh, station uh, to second, uh, and that was about five years into it. Uh, I got an opportunity to work in, uh, in a business unit role and make it, help and make that business successful, um, you know, uh, continuously uh, achieving goals, growing the business, you know, uh, you know, where you were at was never good enough. And then you need to keep you know, striving to improve profit, profitability and growth of the business. That kind of thing is, you know, I really like that from the business perspective. Um, you know, um, from a, from a uh, uh, people standpoint, uh, helping people realize their personal and professional goals. And, um, you know, again, initially my feeling was you helped people in their uh, personal and professional goals. And my thought was, and there was this like mutual win-win uh, for the company and the employee, which is a good thing. But I, I kind of had a limited view of, you know, uh, I want you to succeed, but I want you to succeed, succeed for my company without, you know, which was limiting to you, which, you know, which would be limiting to you. And over the years, you know, what struck me is that really uh, successful HR people don't limit that aspect. We're all passing through. And uh, people come and people go, and especially now, I know I look back over, you know, uh, past 40 years, it's really changed. And so the, the value we can add to one another's lives, you know, through the period we're together, that's a good thing. And, you know, I wish for success for people wherever they go, you know, whether they stay with my company or they go someplace else. Um, that's a good thing, uh, just in general. So I get a lot of, uh, I get a lot of, uh, excitement out of that and uh you know seeing uh, it's kind of like watching your kids grow up you know? hmm. yeah. is there is there a particular aspect in your career where you you found like profound impact or influence in an organization's growth through through the things you were doing with people and, and your hr responsibilities well, one thing that really sticks out for me in my career in helping people and, and it maybe wasn't quite as much of a um, uh, people development aspect, uh, and, and you know, and I can point to some some folks that I think I've helped along the way, and um, and obviously I work at that with my kids every day, you know, like like you do. Um, but when I worked with uh, Alcan Aluminum Corporation, we had a facility in Terre Haute, Indiana, and that and this goes back a ways. Um, it was part of our foil business. And this was a you know, household foil, which is like you know, rattles wrap. We just, you know, if you wanted Bernada, but you want a Willery brand aluminum foil handout, we design a box with your logo on it, you know. Um, but the uh, plant was uh, the production plant that produced the foil um, was uh, not competitive. There's a thousand employees at that facility. And at the end of the day, we took the facility, we gutted it uh, uh, from, a, uh, from an infrastructure standpoint, and we built a new factory inside of an old building. 
um, the, but the because of automation and you know just kind of the way uh, you know things worked at that time, uh, we went from about a thousand employees down to about two hundred employees. And Terre Haute is not a that big of a town. I mean, it's you know reasonably sized town, but it, but it had a significant impact on the community. What I can tell you is that at the time the company I worked for, um, they were about doing the right thing, and uh, and so we did have the corporate support. We had the money uh, and the time of people to do it right. And of those 800 people left, they all but probably less than a dozen uh, landed someplace that they wanted to be, whether it was in retirement, whether they started their own business, or whether they went to work for other companies. And we, we set up, you know, uh, in-house outplacement uh, support, uh, and we did the right thing. And uh, I think that, you know, for me, um, you know, when you've seen these things happen, places shut down, they just pack up and leave, and, you know, leave the, uh, the former employees in the dust or, you know, the community struggling to, you know, meet the, uh, you know, school taxes. And, I mean, you think about the implications of, you know, taking that many folks out of a, of a small town can be really devastating. Um, but that didn't happen in this case. And so for me, that was, uh, you know, something that I thought, from an HR perspective, that tapped into, uh, yes, HR stuff, but a lot of other things as well. You know, um, for me, that was uh, uh, very memorable and something you know I'm very proud of uh, that I was part of that. And uh, you know, I still talk to these folks now and then. Uh, hmm. But uh, yeah, so that's that's kind of. It's interesting. You remember the twelve that weren't impacted in a positive way. That that still sticks with you because I know you care. And then did did you did Alcan end up seeing the business results that they wanted to as far as gutting the internal operation and and shifting their kind of manufacturing process? Did yeah, that they change? did. And, and, and I'll tell you what. Um, it it was a um, uh, at the time I used to call them the, the Disneyland of you know rolling mills, and it was a. Uh, you know, again, modern technology, you know, before you would have, you know, things close, you know, packed, uh, and, you know, machines, narrow aisleways and stuff like that. It was opened up, uh, you know, tow motors running all over the place to stuff that were, you know, you'd call them today, maybe robotic or, you know, remote guided vehicles and stuff like this. And it was, it's, it's running today. It's successful. You know, hmm. it's, uh, it's still, uh, doing the job it was designed to do uh, these many years later so yeah and that's cool that's I'm a cool really story yeah, yeah, yeah neat neat yeah. so as it relates to like characteristics you think joe that uh for a standout hr pro maybe i know i know you being a modest guy having known you for all these years uh, you're probably not going to point to maybe some of the things you do but maybe other hr pros you've seen that that stood out you think the characteristics that they have and I, I remember one point you told me years ago, I, I won't, I won't add, I'll add this at the end after you share. I'm curious to see if you bring it up. So, so, you know, John, a, a couple of things here. Um, the, um, the, um, the things that I think make folks successful in the HR field, um, there's a, a level of ethics and integrity and, uh, that has to be at his table stakes to me. Okay. And, and I was fortunate to be brought up 
uh, in industry with companies that were uh, very ethical. Um, you know, there have been a couple of times when I've dealt with individuals within companies who were not, and uh, you know, it it makes uh, it makes a it makes a big difference. Um, I grew up uh, and, and learned a lot. Uh, this was in the Alcan days again, um, with a, a person who was driven by uh, Christian service to others, and and it was. And again, this isn't a religious pitch, you know. Uh, I understand. But, but but I was impressed. This guy had gone through uh, World War II, and he was um, uh, he was just so shocked about man's inhumanity to man. And he was looking for something when he came back after the war. In GI Bill, he went to John Carroll, uh, and he he latched onto the kind of old Jesuit man, you know, uh, Christian service to others. And he took that, and that you know uh, helped him guide him in his life. And he practiced that in the work that he did with the company and the way he treated people. And it, it, it manifested itself in doing the right thing for people, what would you want them to do for you, and so forth. So I think that, you know, for me, um, it is a, uh, a commitment to people. It's, a, you know, it, and it's kind of in this whole ethics and integrity realm and knowing who you are. And, uh, you, know, um, you know, I did get some advice from a guy that said, hey, know yourself. Um, you know, we tried to joke with a plant manager, a guy, another guy, myself, to try to talk to our plant manager and to telling him that he allowed us, he said we could bring beer to the company picnic. And we, we, we just made it up and we were pulling this chain. And he said, you know, I don't remember saying that, that conversation. He said, but what I do know is I would, I know myself well enough to, uh, to, I would never do that. And that, that's kind of the know yourself. And I think that was, an, you know, a great piece of advice, you know, that, that I took from a person there. Um, so um, the, um, you know, but some of the other things I think, you know, people have to have, you know, good people instincts, HR instincts. Um, obviously, intelligence and problem solving capabilities are, are there. Um, people skills, you know, how to read people. Um, I mean, that's that's the area uh, of focus that obviously HR is in. And I think that, you know, some people are naturals and some people, you know, they, they struggle with. Um, the, um, the whole idea of kind of, you know, the business acumen and, you know, uh, learning the business, knowing the business uh, is, is critical. And, you know, I, I did say this, I consider myself a, you know, uh, I'm not a, uh, you know, an HR guy who happens to work in a business. I'm a, you know, I'm a business leader um, that happens to do HR. And it took me a little bit of time to, to really see that to where things fit in. And this, you know, we're running businesses at this level. And, um, uh, you know, we happen to focus on the people side of it. But there's a lot of other stuff, too. That's a whole lot of fun as well. You know, hmm. the financial side, the IT side, and so forth. So, um, you know, the um, the uh, a work ethic I think is important. I do think that uh, um, you know folks who are willing to put in the time, put in the energy, uh, and get out and mix it up with 
people face to face. I think that's a critical thing here. Um, you know, I uh, I do think that um, you know the ability to balance the need of all the stakeholders is really critical as well. You got to put yourself in the mindset of those folks. You know, and I, I call them customers or stakeholders. You know, you got a lot of different customers, so I I, I put uh, you know. Um, Put it into that category as well. But you got to keep, uh, uh, you got to have a view from a lot of different angles here to uh, contribute uh, to the success of the business. So, I mean, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of thumbnail. Yeah, no, those are good. Those are good. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. I, I remember vividly, I don't know why it sticks out to me. I can't remember where we were or when we were talking about it, but you, you mentioned something about, um, characteristic or um, a, a, I don't know requirement maybe it's too wrong of a, too strong of a word but you said that you have to be comfortable knowing information that maybe at times may make you uncomfortable right where somebody you know that makes a significant amount of money or there is an, an arrangement that's you know you're buying out a particular employee or a subset of information that HR professionals need to be comfortable with maybe information doesn't mean you don't you don't have to believe it it's just it's some of it's confidential it's got to be carefully managed and uh the fact that you have to do that in a way that's that's professional right i just remember vividly saying you got to be comfortable with the information i don't know if you remember saying that or if you said that before John, John, you know, maybe you say it a different way no you have to be comfortable with the information it it is a um um what what uh, what I saw and what you see is that um, folks have access to information, and if it's professionally managed, it's one thing. But when they try to internalize it and they say, "Okay, you know, hey, John Bernadovich makes you know, I'm making you know fifty thousand dollars, and John Bernadovich is making sixty five thousand dollars." That guy's a bum. He does, you know, he doesn't do anything. He looks out the window all day, and here I'm breaking my back. And, and you start internalizing that stuff, you know, um, uh, then you're in the wrong line of work because it's going to eat you up. Uh, you see that a lot too in the HR. I'm sorry, in the payroll field, where it's pure, you know, dollars and cents, and 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 you know. Some folks might have a hey, here's a list of people. I see the numbers, I see the name, I see these people in the coffee room, and that's all I know about them. But I now made a decision about their, how their salary uh, relates to what they do. So, um, yeah, that that being comfortable with the information is is critical. And and you know, it's not just an HR thing, but but um, it's um, People can, uh, in the HR field, if they can't deal with things, and it's not just about the money, that's about personal circumstances and, you know, uh, being judgmental about things and so forth. Uh, if that's not something you can do, you should be in a line of work that um, doesn't put you to the test in that regard, you know, so. Yeah, no, that makes total sense, yeah. Do you think sometimes, uh, and maybe that has something to do with it. And I, I bring this up because I've presented on this topic a number of times at like Sherm chapters and done it virtually and in person. And I, I, I take this risk of putting this slide up that says, I hate HR. 
and then in the midst of it, it then spurns conversation within the, the room of people. And it's, it's, I've presented fortunately over my 20 plus year career a number of times, but I've never, I've never had more spirit in a room from the crowd than when I asked that question, the raising of hands, the varied examples. I have to cut everybody off at some point because we got to move on to kind of complete the concept of the presentation. Do you, do you think there's anything from your view of, as to why employees or others that maybe aren't in HR could, could dislike the function? <laughs> A loaded gun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, you, you know, I, I would say this. Um, the, um, let me just call it, you know, a professional HR department. We'll start, we have to start with that. I think that uh, um, a lot of times it's the topics that HR is dealing with an employee on, or, you know, a group of employees or um, that uh, HR is trying to do their job to ensure a consistency, you know, with some flexibility and so forth. But the individual that's, you know, uh, Coming to HR, whether they you know, they just come to HR and say they come to your office and talk to you about something, um, they don't get what they want to get. And you know, my my view, just you know, kind of that I've developed over the years, is that uh, a vast majority of people believe that they have a, a you know a major, they got a degree in some field of study, you know, chemical. Uh, chemical engineering, you know, finance, but uh, most of them also feel that they have a minor in HR because they're an H and they know how they want to be R2, you know? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and, and, uh, and so um, people have some, you know, uh, various, uh, you know, uh, views on that. They know exactly what the company should do in their case, and they don't always get that answer from HR. Uh, obviously, HR, you know, works to uh, to process terminations, and and you know, the view of hey, HR fired people, HR fire anybody. Okay, uh, people generally get themselves fired for you know actions, you know, uh, uh, or inactions, uh, and uh, so I do think that there's a um, you know the, the small field of uh things that some employees get involved with when they see hr you know again maybe it's just terminations but hr does more than you know as you know there's a wide range of good things that go on behind the scenes that you know folks just don't have insight to you know maybe hr needs a you know, better marketing department but um but yeah I, I do think that that's you know uh part of it and, and hr has to say no um i would say john that you know, I said earlier on a professional HR department. I mean, you could get into working with people uh, who happen to be in HR that are very narrow-minded and, you know, um, can't deal with the information and, you know, a lot of, you know, uh, don't have a wide range of experiences and, you know, can bring that on themselves. But I, I think that to, to my way of thinking, people who say, I, I hate HR, uh, it's probably for, you know, reasons along those lines. Yeah. Um, the, you know, the, the experiences that they've had, uh, and, and, uh, and again, I'm not talking about the individuals and the way they come across, but just kind of the topics that are there are probably limited 
And, you know, uh, a lot of times we have to say no, you know, and it's not because Asia just wants to say no, or, you know, there's reasons for it. And people, you know, uh, don't necessarily uh, you know, see that each other might not do a good job explaining the why behind it and so forth. But yeah, that's kind of my view on, on that one. Yeah. And not pinpointing what, you on, on what, what do you what do you hear from your uh, I mean do you do that what do you, what do you hear oh. from from your folks you know in general uh, you know they 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 have to number one they have to represent the company the most common thing that I hear is that well you're picking sides you're picking the company's side not my side right that that's probably the most common thing that people feel a strong um, level of venom that comes from the person that's getting the no um yeah. they're they're also having to obligate or or oblige to the policies and procedures that were set up within the company and you employee a b or c you you we, we believe you, you stepped out of line so and now i have to have this conversation around that right um so this kind of policing this you take the the most common thing is you take the company's side is, is what I hear predominantly. And um, I, I think that there, there's merit to it, but may, maybe not necessarily was it managed that way or to your point, they've internalized it to the point where, you know, I, I, didn't, I, didn't, I didn't do this. I'm just here to do my job, which is, you know, we think you've done something that, that's caused you to have to have this conversation right now. So. And, and you know, John, I will tell you this, uh, my, like anything, we we all grow, we keep growing, we learn more as day, day, days go by. Um, I when I first got into my first HR management role, uh, I worked with some guys who were plant managers who were the age I am today. So to put that in perspective, you know, I was like, uh, you know, 26, 27 years old, and I was dealing with 60 somethings. Okay. And, you know, my view was, hey, we could do whatever anytime and make all kinds of deals with individuals and so forth. And, and these guys were staunch and saying, no, we have to maintain a discipline and a rigor and, you know, go by policies and so forth. And, uh, you know, you'll find over time why that happens. You, you know, you don't believe it now, but you're going to experience the value of having uh, you know, guidelines and, you know, policies and procedures and, you know, regulations and so forth. Not that you should just be so black and white that you can't make accommodation or, you know, adjust over time, but there is value in that as well. And, uh, you know, sometimes uh, they say you have to be cruel to be kind. And uh, it's a... Uh, um, you know, again, I've come to understand what that means. You know, I, I don't consider myself a cruel person, but sometimes, um, you know, people really need to understand uh, some things here and the implications of it, even though they don't want to hear it, you know, so. Yeah. People have a hard time hearing the word no, especially on something they want or they think that uh, is, is theirs or their right, so to speak. So I'm just curious having, uh, I know you won't implicate anyone because you're a pro's pro, but uh, any particular kind of characteristics or, or profession, profession, professional HR people that you met along the way that maybe struggled with um, being in HR and, and, and why was that? 
Yeah, you know what, John, I, I, a couple of things here. Probably at, at a lower level of the organization, uh, I would say that um, folks who struggle um, kind of, uh, uh, you know, narrow views on the business, on their role, um, you know, um, folks who maybe try to spread themselves a little more broadly uh, uh, when there were actual results. You know, they, they wanted to be conceptual when the ask of their role was to be specific and to be you know, deliver results. And so you kind of you know, have that mismatch. Uh, technical incompetence uh, at times, obviously, I mean, that's, that's you know, that makes, that's kind of self-explanatory. Um, but do you need to get that? No, I'm good. Okay. Um, but, uh, um, you know, at a higher level, um, where I've seen in the, in the HR, in the HR realm, um, I, I think that there folks that I've seen that, that aren't as good are people who, uh, aren't fully transparent, uh, at people that are, uh, somewhat more self-serving than they are, um, you know, delivering to people uh, that they're, uh, you know, uh, that they're supposed to be shepherding. And, uh, you know, so again, that uh, uh, rather than call things like they are and lay the facts out, here's what's up, we're doing this, here's the reason we're making this decision, this is the way we're going. They don't explain those things, and they just do some things that are, you know, not obvious. Uh, some of it is, hey, we're, we're following the company company uh, uh, mantra or the company guidance on this stuff, which you know, I mean, that is a reason for doing things. But when it comes to a little, when you start getting a little bit more self-serving in these types of things, you know, that to me is is pretty bothersome. Um, so yeah, I, I've seen that. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, I do think that, uh, uh, when folks get to a point where they are more, um, uh, they lose sight of the stakeholders perspective, especially when it comes to employees, uh, you know, and they don't at least, uh, they, they don't fight, uh, and, for the, uh, they represent the, uh, they, they don't do an adequate job representing employees either individually or as a group uh, because they want to do what the boss says, hey, this is, you know, what I, what I want to do. Uh, that's where I think uh, people are not that successful. Yeah, no, interesting. Yeah. Shifting gears for a second on, again, you talked about right people, right time um, in, in the beginning. Uh, the ability to, to find talent through talent acquisition or, and then maintaining that talent through talent development and management. Is there a particular interview question or a point that you tend to try to hone in on when you're trying to evaluate a talented person for a fit within the organization you were working for? So are you just talking in, in general or are you talking about HR? Uh, no, I'd, I'd, I'd say more, more about like in trying to find talent that fits within the company's culture and organizational structure. Like, is there a particular question or two 
it, it doesn't have to be for HR. It could be, it could be yeah, a CFO, yeah. it could be, it could be a pro, you know, product manager. Yeah, you know, you know, Jeff, what I uh, what I try to do there in, in that kind of line of questioning is ask them about um, past uh, organizations they've worked in, how they characterize them, the bosses they liked, the bosses they didn't like, what did they like about the ones that they they liked, what didn't they like about the ones that they didn't like. Um, I, I have a kind of a uh, and, and I and when I when I interview people. I tell them what I'm after. I, I say, like, I'm going to ask you this question. It might sound a little bit strange, but I'm trying to get to understanding this. You know, so so I consider myself a glass is half full person. Okay, um, and you know, I can I can debate that. You know, well, it's half full when you're filling it up and you stop halfway. You know, <laughs> like I started with a full glass and I drank half of it. It's half empty. You can get into that whole thing, but but. But I tell them, I said, I, I got a, I got a um, uh, glass is half empty question for you. What would I tell you about this place? That if, if I told you, you'd look at me and say, hey, if that's the case, I don't want to work here. So, I, you know, because when you ask people, hey, what are you looking for an employer? You're going to get, you know, kind of the, the what you want to, you know, hey, well, I'm looking for excitement and challenge and growth and, you know, uh, that, that type of thing. But what is it about this place that would really turn you off? And I, I get a lot. I get a lot of, uh, and, and I tell people, I said, because, you know, it's really important uh, for you to, you know, this would be a good fit because it, it doesn't work. If, you know, if, if we're not mutually happy with one another, and, you know, kind of the whole package, of, you know, of one another, um, it's not going to be successful. And it's easier to do that when people have been around for a while. When you're looking for somebody, when you're talking to somebody who just needs a job, that's a little bit different. But, you know, uh, so that's one of my key questions. What would I tell you about this place that would make you say, man, you're crazy. If that's the case, I don't want to work here. Hmm. Um, and I, I do get a lot of comments on that question from, and geez, I've never been asked that before. And, uh, but uh, I'm really trying to assess the level of fit. And, uh, you know, the, the, the look at I, I have to interpret the organizational culture and what it takes to be successful in the company that I'm working for in order to assess fit. You know, if it's a chemical engineer, if it's a finance person, yeah, I can talk about, you know, some technical stuff, but there's other people in the interview process that are gonna, you know, ask those questions that are much, you know, more capable. To ask those questions, and so um, yeah, so I, I look to interpret, you know, you know, we're round hole and you're square peg, or you know, we're round and you're oval, and you know, uh, I, I I look to ask questions along those lines. But I, but again, I do share with people that's what I'm doing because I really, uh, but I, I give that little prelude too that says hey. You're not trying to lead them into uh, an indictment, right? So to speak, you just want to you want to yeah, be yeah, candid, yeah, yeah. honest. Yeah. So what I'm trying to understand here, because you know, if you don't, if you get here, you decide you don't like this place because we, you know, uh, we don't have, uh, you know, we don't have uh, a beer tap in the lunchroom. You know, look at I'm telling you right now, we don't have a beer tap in the lunchroom. That's a big deal for you. Uh, you know, and 
you're not going to be happy. So you might as well find some place. Life's too short not to be happy in what you're doing. Yeah. Uh, so if you if you could go back and it's, so those years of experience, if you could go back to a uh, a younger Joe, just starting out his career in HR some some decades ago, what what would be the keen piece of advice that you'd give your younger self that you know now? Yeah. So yeah, I actually wrote some stuff down here, John. That's good. Because uh, uh, what I would tell you is that. Um, um, I was surprised when I came to work about um, how much some of the courses that I took in college were actually um, uh, applicable pretty early on when I came. So economics courses, I took a course in logic that I, you know, uh, I found very applicable. Um, I happened to, you know, and you know that I worked in uh, materials and metals industries for my entire career, pretty much. And uh, but I took courses in chemistry and physics in high school and in college that were applicable as well. So um, obviously, my you know, my degree background is is business. Um, I would, you know, so the advice from that is, you know, uh, uh, try to develop that business acumen pretty quickly understand where what you're doing fits into the overall structure of the organization from the bottom where you get from your vantage point to the top of the organization and, and pay attention to that stuff because it's you know it's it's important um i um would tell my younger self great talent um i didn't early on have an appreciation for what great talent meant I think I could recognize people who were better than others in terms of, you know, hey, you know, here's, a, here's five accountants, which one's the best accountant, okay? I, that I could pick up, but I really didn't understand, you know, broadly how that leverage, how, how much leverage that would have on a business. So I think that, you know, people need to understand that going into HR. Um, you know, I, I've already talked about the importance of ethics and integrity in business and life. I think that you have to, you know, um, uh, ethical companies, they're not unique, um, but uh, I would say, you know, uh, but there are enough unethical uh, you know, players out there, either personal or organizational, and who deal with integrity that you just don't want to, you ought to recognize it pretty early on, and if the place is that way, you, you need to find someplace else to go. You don't want to see your CEO on the front page of your newspaper or, you know, Worse yet, your own your own uh, your own picture on the front page of the newspaper, you know. And, I, and I've literally seen that with a next door neighbor in my, uh, uh, which is, you know, it's an interesting story for another time over, you know, over a cool drink, John. But I'll tell you that. Uh, sure. Uh, yeah. Um, I I do think that um, you know uh, the. Um, you know, one of the other things here I would say is, you know, take a take a view of your, your work-life balance. Um, you know, honestly, you know, my I was more work. You know, yes, yeah, fifty-fifty is a perfect balance. You know, I was more. Uh, the uh, I'd rather call it. Uh, you know, continuous improvement of, you know, uh, 
what value you bring to uh, whoever you're dealing, whoever your stakeholders are. So, uh, yeah. Cool. That's good. That's a great, great, great advice. Great advice. Yeah. All right. So last one, Joe, I know, I know this is my, my term that I'm trying to get across to people, this concept of HR, like a boss, how, how would you define a professional that does HR like a boss? Uh, so, um, John, a, a couple of things here. Um, you know, if you take into account the ethics and integrity, work-life balance, professional development, not just for yourself, but for your people, you know, collaboration. Uh, um, I, I guess what I would say is at the top of that house, thinking like a boss, you have to seamlessly think like your stakeholders. And, and, I think that's a, a uh, uh, an acquired skill set. Hey, I'm going to put on my customer hat. I'm going to put on my employee hat. So it's kind of like, you know, it's, it's chunky. You know, I'm going to put on my CEO hat, my boss hat, my subordinate hat, you know, so forth. And um, if you practice that, pretty soon you don't feel like you're taking one on and one off. It's just seamless. And you have that capability to think about all these different levels and different perspectives. And um, I personally, my style with that is to explain to people that I'm doing that. So, hey, look, at instead of just saying that you need to do this, and that's because I'm thinking like a customer, without telling them that you're thinking like a customer, you know, it, it's not instructive or developmental to people. Now, when you're when you're talking to people who are, you know, similarly situated, they're they're more seamless. You can do that, but when you're talking to people who you're trying to help develop, you have to walk through and explain things to them. It takes time. Uh, you know, not everybody is fond of that, but I I, I do it anyway because I want to help folks understand where things are coming from and why we're making these decisions and, and once they understand that foundational stuff uh, you get a whole much, a whole a much better product you know decision call whatever your product happens to be um i do think that uh, uh you know uh, hr like a boss collaboration and the leverage of teams is something that is critical uh, you get, you know, you get more done, you know, with a group than you do with individuals, you know, uh, working, uh, you know, not in touch with one another. Um, development of talent. I talked about that earlier on. I, you know, I didn't have quite that perspective when I started out, but I think the development of talent is key. Uh, I also mentioned, you know, the work-life uh, balance. And, and John, the, the last thing that, that I put in, this whole thing, um, and again, I want to get you know sappy on you here, but is is love, and and when you think about um, how you think about your own children, because you you want them to develop, you want them to be good people, you want people to be good to them, um, and and you know uh, you. You've got a an unlimited supply of love, and you uh, and you're going to find this out when they start going away to school, and they you know one wants to do this, one wants to do that, you know maybe they want to take over the business, and maybe they want nothing to do with it. But um, you gotta 
you've got them for a while and they're passing through. Um, and, and you want to do what's, you know, give them the best advice that you can. You want to be happy. You want to be good people. And I, I like to think that, you know, that I do that when I think about people that uh, in the organizations that I've worked with over the years, because, you know, again, I, I'd like people to stay with my organization. I like to have good people around me. But I recognize that there's other things out there that, you know, they may be happier and more successful, um, you know, someplace else. And when you look at it from that perspective of unquestionable love and you put that in there and you think about it, over the long term, there'll be a better outcome. And I, you know, again, I don't want to get savvy on it, but I do think that when you think about the way you go through decisions with your family and then you think about your work family. You know, why would you, why would you do it any differently? Okay. It's the right thing you know, to tell, you tell people the truth. You're honest with them. You give them the best guidance that you can. You look out for their, you know, best interests. And, uh, at the end of the day, you know, uh, which I'm getting pretty close to that, you know, myself looking back and, you know, um, I'll take uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, pleasure and the folks that I've touched along the way and, not everybody does that, right? And maybe it's easier for you and me, I don't know, or maybe you just do this to everybody. You make me feel like we have a unique connection. And uh, I, 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 try, I try to do with everybody. You know? Yeah. It's just, uh, yeah. I got enough love to go around in that stuff. Yeah. Thank you for checking out the HR Like a Boss podcast. If it resonates with you, please consider leaving a rating and review. And better yet, subscribe and share with a friend. Until next time, let's continue to aspire to do amazingly awesome. HR.